Did you see where Lindo's is closing? You know, I've never been there. I went when Kyle and uh, Sunheim had the cup. Oh, cool. In 06. Cool. And drank terrible beer out of the cup at Linda's back in 06. I might go with beard tonight, actually, because that was that was the talk of the press room. All those DTHers, man. Mm. That's the thing. It's all DTHers. Yeah, they love that shit. So, although, where did you hang out? I, what was the, I what went was, to Mitch's. I went to. What was uh, the technician spot? There was no. We didn't. Because that's like the Daily Tar Heel people, like you bring up Linda's and just like this. <gasps> right? Which I get. And Kelly and I were actually talking about it because. Because I was thinking about it from the perspective of a place like that, right? College bar. There's all sorts of factors as to why college bars are kind of like a dying breed. You know, the biggest factor is, as I was reading uh, year in review stuff for Vice podcast, youths don't like to drink. They don't drink. (laughs) You know why? They certainly don't drink beer. Right. They don't drink beer. You know why? Why? You know, it's a lot more. Of it was like it's easier to find now. Oh, the weeds. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to find now. So many more alternatives. And you don't have to smoke it. Right. That's the thing. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> Gummy it up. <laughs> <laughs> or seltzer. It's gonna say, man. The seltzers. mom's on those seltzers, dude. Seltzers are the game changer, man. The game changer. But yeah, apparently, apparently the building, like you know. Like they want the rent. Apparently, the guys like. It's crazy to me the number of businesses who don't own their buildings. Well, that's the key, particularly like these grandfathered ones where they're like, "Hey, now I'm going to start charging you a bunch of money." Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Oh, it's like uh, it's like all the problems that we're having right now. It's like, oh man, you mean when interest when when money was free, <laughs> when it, I could refi? What? <laughs> Okay. What, is, that refi show what, do you, game? what do you mean Disney's <laughs> like having problems? Oh, money's no longer cheap. Oh, which by the way, that's actually, that actually is related to like FSU stuff. So I'm going to get nerdy on the FSU stuff. I hope you're ready. These notes. I got so many notes. Prep. New Year's resolution. <laughs> no, New Year's resolution is shorter shows. Give me those kitties. Give me the notes. <laughs> All right. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers plus.com. It's funny. Joe and I are talking about, you know, ways to save money. Uh, you know, businesses are no longer cheap to run because money ain't cheap right now. Well, there's ways to cut back. And a lot of it is related to your print and management, your print document management. So check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I feel like uh, now that we're in basketball mode, you're going to need your own kind of like Ken Palm spreadsheet, Bart Torvik NCAA net sheets. Just put that uh, all up behind you. You could be like the always sunny guy that's doing the, all right, this is the net today. 
Uh, this team won. How is NC State going to make the NCAA tournament? Is Virginia going to make the NCAA tournament? Uh, but let's actually start with the Blues. Related, mm-hmm. Patrick Stevens, Washington Post Discourse, will be joining us every Wednesday. Oh, I'm excited Starting about that. At the last week of oh, January. Dude, we're going to get so nerdy. He, he, he has a bunch of cats at home because I had asked him, is there something I can potentially get you in, in terms of like a <laughs> weekly sponsorship? I said, I've, I've gotten pretty good at selling things. And he's like, well, if you could find something with like a, a, a pet store or something. A pet store. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I can make that work. You know what? You know, they make pet CBD, right? Yes. Bonjo- uh, not Bon Jovi, but Lulu's on the... I might... Hmm. I wonder Wolfgang. If- My guy at Wolfgang might... I wonder if I wonder if my guy Dan, uh, another hockey parent, might finally come through on uh, on sponsoring Patrick Stevens. I mean, we might we might have something here. We might have something. Okay, here. we got options. We do we do have options. And hey, if you happen to sell pet CBD or you own a pet store, contact us. Hit us up. The OG goes digital at gmail.com. All right. So last night we had Duke and Carolina in action. Both teams played through very rough first halves of basketball. I was at Cameron Indoor last night, and that was 20 fouls that took about an hour of the first half. It was a slog. Duke basically scrapped and clawed their way to at least having a one-point lead with funky lineups. Um, as Josh Grant pointed out, the Brian Geisinger lookalike TJ Power for Duke was on the court last night. Seriously, like doppelganger. It's wild. And then at Pitt, for North Carolina, more of the same. Some early foul trouble. Uh, they powered through that. And in both instances, once the second half got going, better talent, better teams rolled on their way to victory. And I do think there's some similarities between Duke and Carolina, Joe, in the context of, you know, who the main guys are. It's who are the complementary pieces that are going to make this thing sing. And I think last night we saw the bench play for Carolina come through. Seth Tremble continues to be a bright spot. And then last night, Mark Mitchell for Duke was the big attention getter because of his stepping up in the points. But I think there's, there's a deeper conversation with that. All right. Well, first of all, at any point, did you scream at Syracuse? Go zone. Like, were you like, why are they playing? man? It was weird. What, what is happening? <laughs> and John Shire, even Steve Wiseman, uh, our friend over at the news and observer pointed that out. Like you guys were the ones that were playing zone last <laughs> night for a handful of possessions. Right. And John's like, yeah, who would have thought, right? Like, who, it's, it's the old Wild. Paul Rudd meme. Like, hey, look at, us, look at us, right? So, yeah, it was weird. It was weird watching Syracuse, A, play man, B, no Joe Girard on the court. I was no, very confused. He's no the tra- other orange guy. No traveling Bayheims. None no, of that. No big Bayheim. So weird last night. It's a new night. era. But anyway. Uh, no, my number one takeaway from Duke and has been for the last five games is Jared McCain. Mm-hmm. He, he is a 6'2 guard. He was supposed to be their number one top player coming in. Five-star recruit, number 14 in the class. And the first eight games of the year, you're looking at him and you're, and I drafted him. So let's just get that all out of the way. (laughs) This always goes back to my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, First eight games, seven points per game, nine turnovers, shooting not bad, 40% from the uh, three-point line, Mm -hmm. nine points against Arkansas in a bad loss, five points in Arizona. And he was completely outmatched in that Arizona home loss. Last five games. So since the Georgia Tech debacle, 19.4 19.4 points per game, a blistering 53% from three. And it's not just two shots. It's 17 of 32 from three in the last five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, turnovers are down to five. Uh, so 
he he's really found his his groove, and that's really what your your point being here is. Kyle Filipowski is the bus driver. I think you're right. They missed Eric Lively, but there are some options there. And Mitchell options. and Young and Mitchell, can piece Mitch, it together. Mitchell Mitchell's and John Shire talked about this a lot in the post game press conference last night. And it was and what as I was sitting there listening to him talk, it was very similar to the way he was talking about his team last year. Mm-hmm. It was getting the pieces to fit number one, and getting guys to understand what your roles are going to be to play as Mike Krzyzewski loved to call it, winning basketball. Shari even dropped a, this guy's a winner. He's just a winner. I'm like, oh my goodness, where are we? Are we back to a Coach K press conference? So when they convinced Derek Lively, don't worry about your NBA stuff. This is how you're going to affect the game, and this is how we're going to win. You saw how Duke turned things around. I don't think Duke has a toughness problem. I think Duke's clearly shown you that if they get pushed around a little bit, they will answer back. I think we saw that towards the end of last year. I think it's carried over with Cal Filipowski. The question is, who is going to be the complimentary piece next to Cal Filipowski that unlocks all of his abilities? If Mark Mitchell can be that guy, then I like Duke's chances. I think you and I would agree, between Duke and Carolina, who do you think has the higher ceiling? I actually think Carolina does. See, I think it's Duke. I think it's Duke because Duke can still come at you in waves. They can throw out different lineups at you. I still don't know if I trust Carolina in that regard. Seth Tremble has been a bright spot for them, but it really is a, as Armando and RJ go, that's how the the, the Tar Heels are going to go. I've seen enough times out of Duke so far that they can overcome Kyle Filipowski going through some struggles. And we saw this with the, again, with the guard play. Tyrese Proctor has A, not started out great, B, been hurt. And they've been limiting his minutes on the on the way back. The talented oh, freshman. I like him kind of coming off the bench. Uh, I'll give you John got guys credit. like Jeremy Roach. You got you got McCain. You got Foster. They have enough depth that I, I, don't, that I like Duke. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see that with Duke. I know what you're saying. Yeah, uh, they're not overly athletic. Mitchell is bouncy. He's got some spring. There's mm-hmm. something there to that. Not he's not as big, obviously, as Lively. Um, so he's a little bit of a pocket size Lively, but. You're asking for all of the stars to align for all of those guards to figure sure, out how sure. to play. And I I like what Carolina has with their hierarchy. I like that they've added Ingram to the mix over at Carolina. I like that last night they had the Canary came out of the coal mine for Carolina last night. Okay. Okay. Yes. That was a game. I circled that game. Yes. Because Hubert Davis was 0-3 against Pitt. And not only was he on three, they were games where Pitt walked into Chapel Hill and said, you're soft, Mm -hmm. you're weak, Mm -hmm. and we're going to beat you because of that. And pushed them around, quite frankly. Not overly talented Pitt teams. Now, they were older Pitt teams, and this this Pitt team is younger. Yeah. Okay? But not, they were still had that attitude, and I loved how Carolina went up there. You're right. They started slow, but they were not intimidated. They were not pushed around. Uh, 51 41 on the glass last night for, for Carolina. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked a lot this year about Carolina getting back to running and rebounding. Mm-hmm. And I just, just so happened to got a, I got a text last night from, uh, from Roy and I was like, you know what? <laughs> World's back on the, we're back on the access. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up, uh, cause I did jot down, uh, pit being a, a game that is a bell. You call it the canary in the coal mine. It's a, it's a bellwether type situation. And a, a lot of, a, a, there's a lot of angst, a lot of gnashing of teeth from the Carolina basketball fans that I know that go out on social media and they just don't, and for a variety of yeah. reasons. I mean, it's layered. It's, it's, it's very layered. I don't want to oversimplify it. 
but there is a Capel brothers factor. Okay. You got the Duke Capel and then you have who's the head coach, the head coach. And then you've got Jason Capel, the family who has straight up called you soft yeah. and people don't, he's kind of like the black sheep of the family. And I, who I, always takes the blame for the, for the eight and 20 season. And I have maintained, I said, I this, don't know why I said this does. last year. I said it last year. I said, you should actually thank Capel. Yeah. For calling UNC out because how they respond to that tells you what this team is about, which gets us to last night. Clearly, they circled that. I saw Jones Angel had tweeted out that it was certainly a happy locker room for the Tar Heels. They clearly circled this one. And I think that's uh, I think it's a good sign for UNC that it's just more crystallization of this year being different than the last two years. You can get into the semantics of is it a Caleb Love thing? Is it Hubert Davis, you know, having confidence in the guys that he's brought in this year, like Harrison Ingram, um, and believing in Seth Trimble to actually get the productive minutes he's getting this year. I mean, there's any number your, of factors. Your you number here. one job as a coach, particularly in basketball, yeah, is to make sure that everyone understands their roles. Yes. You have to have a hierarchy. You have to have a bus driver. RJ Davis has clearly emerged as Carolina's bus driver. And mm-hmm. right now, he's driving the bus. I, I think I mean Clemson. If this is this this is this will be Saturday. This will be how we know if the ACC is truly no longer going to exist. If Clemson finally wins the ACC in basketball, mm-hmm. fine, it's over. It's a wrap. I don't care what the court says in Greensboro or, or Tallahassee. It's over. Clemson's okay. Clemson's had a good start. To, that's a good. That's a good squad. They are Brad a good Brown team, man. and they're well coached. And yeah. we now are big fans of Brad Brownell. Um, <laughs> but I think Carolina. I like how the pieces are fitting together. Yeah. Uh, Ingram adds a little bit of that. And the interesting thing for Carolina is going to be Elliot Cadeau. I think you're, you see these waves, it, right? It, there's a you see these to waves. It. And, and I, I love that Marcus Page is over there helping them mm-hmm. because he went through this. And I think you're good. That's where I think that next level comes from, from Carolina is once Cadeau really figures out who he is and figures out what he can be with this team. Well, what a great luxury right now to have him just as like this ancillary part. Because if you look at those recruiting rankings, right next to Jared McCain is Elliot Cadeau. Mm-hmm. And so you see these two freshmen, as we've always seen with Duke and Carolina, how will those hot shots come in and how will they handle the responsibility of carrying a load at those two schools? Every time we talk about college basketball, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out in downtown Raleigh, in Chapel Hill and in Greenville. Uh, you, hey, do you know what's next week? A week from today? The first state Carolina game. What? This is the time of the year where basketball truly sneaks up on you. Didn't used to be this way back in the day? And you want to talk about the old days? Yeah. 15 years ago, man, we'd be deep into ACC basketball discussions. But now with how things have changed over time and uh, the way that college how basketball the NFL set up, has taken over the world. You well, mean? It's twofold. It's how the <laughs> NFL and football in general have taken over the world. And the way that the rosters are constructed. I'm still trying yeah. to learn what these teams are about, right? Which gets us to NC State. I was going to say, I'm a dude. <laughs> you talk about you know hierarchies, bus drivers, no enrolls. Admittedly, I've only watched a little bit of NC State basketball, like actual live watching NC State basketball. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what they are. What are they? I mean, they played Notre Dame tonight. Notre Dame beat Virginia over the weekend, although that's more about, you know, <laughs> Virginia than it is about Notre Dame. I, I, I really don't know. Squat about the Wolfpack. I'm going to be honest. NC State's played 12 games. Mm-hmm. They've won the nine you absolutely thought they would win. Okay. 
and they've lost the three that you thought, eh, this one could be tough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> BYU, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. This is a team that I like. Jaden Taylor, obviously the big boy. Burns is can still do some things as a unique player. Uh, defensively, he's hurting him them some. Uh, DJ Horn is a tough older guard that I, I like the way that he's coming on. Uh, ultimately, Ben Meadowbrooks, the Clemson transfer, is probably somebody who's their best lineup. You know, certainly defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team, though. You know, and MJ Rice is is kind of fascinating because he is so talented. He's so athletic. He's he's just very different from the rest of the roster. Casey Marcel is your veteran three point shooter. This is a team that you would love to see play a whole year together. And then next year, you'd be like, okay, here we go. I know what we got. Nope. It's not how it works, though. <laughs> it's not work that way anymore. It does not. Housekeeping. I'm I'm rocking a Breaking Tea shirt today. I got the Skyhawks uh, podcast shirt on today. You can go to breakingtea.com slash OG to buy this in hoodie form, T-shirt form. You can get the OG flag. You can get the Ice Caps inspired shirt. You can get the positive vibes only. You can get bad for ratings. Because you know, the Rangers and the Canes played last night, which you know it's all ESPN, loving the Rangers all day, even though the Canes took it to the Rangers. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Head on over to breakingt.com slash OG and buy your OG merch today. But getting some emails as people want to participate in the Tecmo Super Bowl tournament. If you want to participate, there is an entry fee, which also means a cash Cash prize. And it's going to be February 4th at Shady's in Garner. It's a Tecmo Super Bowl tournament. Just email us with interest, and then we'll work with you from there. Just email the OG goes digital at gmail.com, and Julio will uh, will wrap that up for you. How many do we... We got a few, we got a few people who've... Uh, I got I to do a better job on social media promoting that thing too, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and thanks to Shady's, we've got Whitaker and Hamer. Mm-hmm. They're helping us put this together. They can help you when it comes to matters of legal issues. Perhaps you have traffic violations. Perhaps you're running a cash prize tournament and you're like, is this legal? <laughs> well, you can do it once. We'll see what happens. See what happens. <laughs> well, Whitaker and Hammer can help you out. Check them out. WH.lawyer. Again, that's WH. Now, setting lines lawyer. on those games might be different. Yeah, it might be a little. I don't uh, want to get anybody in trouble in Garner. No, no. No. What happens in Garner stays in Garner, Joe. <laughs> A big thanks to Hometown Realty. Maybe you want to live out in Garner. Mm-hmm. A lot of new construction out in Garner. And that's where Hometown Realty comes into play. Incentives, man. The incentives to go buy a new house. Yeah. More than 60% of their business is in new home, new constructions. So you want to get in those new homes. You want to get those incentives. These are the best deals you can get. Go to myhtr.com. They got six locations, more than 250 agents from here to the coast. Barry Woodard's crew, they're going to take care of you. All you got to do is go to myhtr. Dot com buy sell calculate David Tepper was fined by the NFL for his water toss $300,000 that's $50,000 more than I think what Bud Adams of uh the Titans ended up getting fined a few years ago when he flipped the bird at hmm. fans uh so 300 grand uh, for tossing water at a fan. Uh, I was actually texting with Kyle Bailey over at WFNZ. Like, dude, you've been on break. Your first show back. Psh, easy peasy. It was a late Christmas gift for you. You just had to open up the phone lines and have people yelling and screaming about David Tepper. David Tepper did finally release a statement. And I'm going to read this out loud. Have you seen the statement? 
I'm going to read this to you, Joe, and I want your first reaction. Uh, Mike Kay, our friend over at the Charlotte Observer, had put this out on threads. Quote, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL Stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. Your first reaction to that statement, Joe. Who throws a drink on people? Have you ever thrown a drink at somebody? No. Now, I don't it's a it's a running joke in my in my family, but my sister-in-law once threw a glass at my brother-in-law. Do you think he's been watching the bear? And he was like, throw the fork. Dude, I I said it yesterday. It's a reality show. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle told me, he's like, yeah, because again, I was texting with Kyle yesterday. He's like, yeah, on the air, I said, uh, David Tepper acted like the drunk stripper who had a problem with a customer. I was like, yeah. wow, okay. That's that's certainly one way of putting it. I was looking more reality show, but yeah, okay. I could, I could see that. Yeah, who throws a drink? I, a, it's a, weird. A diva. Sober? Was he sober? I don't know. I don't. I don't think drinking had anything to do with it. I think that's just who he is, man. That's just who he is. He's, he's petulant. He's a patient man that tosses drinks. He's a patient man that just keeps firing people. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't want to get into the, I know everybody's already done this with, uh, with David Tepper and the fine, right? He's worth billions of dollars. And when you put his worth versus the fine, it essentially comes out to you and I going to morning times and buying a cup of coffee. Actually, I think it's less. I think it comes out less to him. So shout out to the morning times in downtown Raleigh. But here's the question. What would be a proper punishment for a billionaire? Well, Not to go full Jay-Z. No, I, I but think what is a proper punishment? I think he needs to get the, uh, the Gilios go to Clemson treatment. That you, you got to learn the value of the fan experience. No, ah. no parking pass, ah. no suite access. I see a, an actual budget. I see you. You want David Tepper to go through what I have argued for years that media must do once a year. Every time I see somebody complaining about the attendance at a football game or the attendance at a basketball game, where is everybody? I don't know. Why don't you try and get expensive tickets and a parking pass? And deal with that with a family of four. So you you and I are on the same page here. You think David Tepper should actually have to go through with a budget to a Panthers game? Yes. But here's the trick. What's the budget going to be? Because right now, that game against... like Let's say your punishment is you have to go to the last game of the year at Bank of America, America Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and watch Baker Mayfield beat you and win the NFC South, which is hilarious. But tickets are like 16 bucks. Hold on a second. Let me pull it up. You could get free tickets to a professional sporting event and still spend $200 easily. Oh, easily, easily. Okay, so right now, right now, according to StubHub, the best deal I can get is section 532, row 14, two seats together, clear view for 16 bucks. Now, with fees, that $30 will turn into $60. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so 60 bucks for a pair of tickets to a football game is actually not that bad. You can get no, lower. No, no. Lo- there has to be a kid involved here. He's got to take a, at oh, least one kid. Oh, he's got to take a kid? Yeah, you got to take at least one youth. Ooh. Not a drinking age youth. So you're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could save there, but you're still going to end up with a pretzel and a drink and, a, and an ice cream. <laughs> Do we want a squirmy kid? No, they could be well-behaved. That's okay, fine. so it'd be like Jacob. It'd be like my yeah. 12-year-old. But he's still going to want a drink. Oh, yeah. A pretzel. He's going to want the Bojangles. <laughs> yeah. 
the dip and dots. <laughs> it's over. Oh, you want a Your beer? Your gone. So what do you think this is going to cost? Get one, you get one beer. You get a beer, so that's 15 bucks. Okay. And that's not even the hard part. You're, you're just talking about the stuff in the building. So you want you know how hard it is to get to sporting events when you don't have a parking pass? Oh, well, it's hard, Joe. So the last time I went to a Panthers game, it was a few years ago. Kelly ended up getting tickets through the uh, bar association. So for the family of four, we ended up spending like a hundred bucks for four tickets. And actually not that bad. But to your point, cool. You got tickets. You're it's in the building. The tickets, man. <laughs> So I, there was, uh, it was just off 77 um, that takes you up to the doghouse. Oh, that's the other thing he's got to do. That's the other thing he's got to do. He's got to go to the doghouse and he's going to have to like try. You got to, you sit at the bar waiting for your Miller light while the bartender ignores you. Okay. Now this is not an indictment on the doghouse. I'm simply saying yeah, he's it's gotta, busy. He's got to put the Mick Jagger hat on so nobody recognizes him. Nobody recognizes him. And you got to be, you got to fight with everybody else to get a beer while everybody's crowded in the doghouse trying to get their pregame on. So you have fun with that. Like, I got cash in hand. No, nah, I'm too busy serving this drink over here. Sorry. So I want to say I paid like 40 bucks to park and walk. It was probably like a half mile walk to the stadium at that point for 40 bucks. So yeah, you're just going as a normie. So what's the what are we gonna set the budget at? Three hundred bucks? No. Four hundred dollars? No. What are we setting at? So, I want to set it at like we gotta challenge the guy. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. Can't be done. <laughs> I don't think it can be done. <laughs> Taking a youth so parking. Two, so two, no right. free tickets. No free parking. Like I said on StubHub, you're already sixty bucks out. Easily sixty bucks out. Yeah. On StubHub to sit up her deck. With he won't be able to do it. That'll be it. That's content. We're giving we're giving the Panthers three free total people. Darren Gant, if you're listening, I we just gave you free content, man. Let's go out there. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, if if we can be somewhat serious about the topic, I, the, the problem though is once you start spending your money and putting on a budget, you get frustrated. You're like, wait a second. Oh yeah, what did I get out of this? Now, and then all of a sudden it. they lose, and you're like, now you're madder. Yeah, that's that. That could be that could backfire. <laughs> so yeah, because he's supposed to be learning patience and empathy instead he might just be like now i've now i'm really pissed off i was thinking i was thinking about this on the drive over to the studio this morning like what do you want to get serious about by the way they stink they can't score any points they literally need a fast forward button well the, the reason That's why the only way to get through any of it the reason why i was thinking about this is that yesterday all the nfl insiders were taking their opportunities to dunk on david tepper right okay and the the, the general thought is well who wants to work for this guy like if you're Ben Johnson, who's the 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 bell of the ball, the apple of David Tepper's eye, well, you're gonna have to pay him an extreme amount of money to make it worth going and dealing with that. Wouldn't you agree? Now it's not above David Tepper to overpay for a coach. We I, saw it with Matt yeah. Rule. You know, they did it with the with the all-star coaching staff around Frank Reich. He's on the hook. <laughs> for a variety of ex-coaches at this point in time. If you're Ben Johnson and there's upwards of seven jobs available to you in the NFL once this next week, when, when Black Monday comes and goes this upcoming week, if you're Ben Johnson and you've got an owner who's petulant and clearly is cosplaying football man, which that's what I had jotted down what I think is interesting. It was ultimately the worst part about all of this for the Carolina Panthers. You've got a, a a quarterback that I'm going to play you this clip. 
This is from Pat McAfee's show. Adam Schefter was on. The hook was, <laughs> no, not that Pat McAfee interview. This is when he was talking to Adam Schefter talking football. And no, the, I'm laughing that he's been neutered by ESPN, that he's now having the yeah. most useless information person on, on his show. So the hook was, that the hook that got me when they put it out on social media was, what kind of coach is David Tepper looking for? I'm like, oh, okay, let me, let me, let me hear this. Who is the right coach? For this <laughs> maniac down there in Carolina, seemingly. They got to find somebody. They have to find somebody that is going to help Bryce Young turn into the quarterback that they thought he was when they traded the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft to get him. They traded so much to get this guy. And they thought that if they put enough weapons around Bryce Young, that he would be able to be like Drew Brees has been in New Orleans. That That's the vision they had for Bryce Young. The problem is, is they don't have those weapons right now. And my question, as other people have said it to me, is will the quarterback break be broken before they can get enough weapons and help him develop into the quarterback that he has or had the chance to be because there are a lot of young quarterbacks in this league that are ruined before they can turn into somebody significant. Now we've seen great comeback stories, reclamation projects. Geno Smith comes to mind guys that didn't make it early on that hang around, learn the game, improve in the craft and turn into quarterback. But I will say this, I've spoken to a number of coaches who feel like Bryce young, uh, the, the game looks big for him right now. Okay, so that's Adam Schefter with uh, Pat McAfee and his dudes uh, singing in the background at the end because he said hang around instead of turn around. But I'm sorry, Joe, but when when you use Geno Smith as an example of a guy who can turn things around as a quote-unquote reclamation project, how did Geno Smith get to the league versus how Bryce Young <laughs> got to the league? Third round? I mean, come on Jets. now. Like that's not that's not the comparable you want. But the reason why I thought that clip was interesting is because you have all these factors going against you for the Carolina. The reason I thought it was interesting because he just said all of the points that we've talked about I since know. the very beginning I with know. Bryce Young. The comp is Drew Brees. Yeah, check. Yep, <laughs> I've heard that on the OG before. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to break them. Check. Yeah, I've heard that on the OG before. Did he did he come up with an answer? By the way, no, he didn't. He no, actually he actually did the, the the classic Adam Schefter thing where he's just kind of filibustering oh. with a bunch of words. Yeah, I, but, I don't but, but, I don't but, think Ben Johnson works in this in this case. I would say to you, last year they had the chance. Temper had the chance. You go young, you go risky. Yeah, I, I don't think young and risky is the answer now. I, I think you need someone who's strong. But the thing is, I was reading Jason Lacafora in the Washington Post this morning. When they were going through, hey, by the way, these are jobs that are absolutely going to come open on Monday. Here are some jobs that might. Uh, here's where everybody's safe, right? And when they were talking about the Carolina Panthers, Lockham Ford talked to like two, you know, un unnamed execs that when was when they were asked about Jim Harbaugh, the guy that you've promoted, yeah. the guy that I think would make sense for somebody who could put up with David Tepper and just like, look, man, you do your thing, and I'll just kind of get out of the way. They've all said. No chance. No chance that Jim Harbaugh goes to the Carolina Panthers. He might stay in Michigan. He might win yeah, this thing and say, hey, I'm, I'm staying here. 
I, I just think they need somebody who's strong. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be somebody who's proven. It's going to be easier. Yeah. Because if you're Ben Johnson, you're getting your first NFL job. Like you're going to be a pleaser. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to be a pleaser. Aha. Well, that's what gets to my thought about all this stuff. And maybe Ben Johnson, to your point, maybe Ben Johnson isn't a good example for this. You need a Bill Parcells that's going to come in and stand on his own. Maybe. Um. The way David Tepper goes about his business, does it not make more sense to you now that Frank Reich insisted on calling him Mr. Tepper? No, I mean, no, 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 I, no, I, I lost respect for the guy the second. And I, you remember it when he did it. And I'm like, you're I 62, dude. What are we doing? But that's the thing. This is where the Dan Snyder analogy or comparison really comes into clear view. Because I remember reading a book a few years ago about I mean, to be clear, the guy's not like putting a camera in the chair. No, no, no. But hold on. Locker room. Well, well, okay, well, hold. Here's the thing. Here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. So we got to be a little bit careful when we. I understand <laughs> that there, there are there are no accusations of workplace like, misconduct. But like he's calling him a maniac. But McAfee's calling him a maniac. Mac, McAfee's like, calling him a maniac because he's a drink at somebody. Because Frank Reich's his guy. That's, That's fair. Why. That's come fine. on. But All like, right. really, a maniac? I mean, you played for the Colts. You. You, yeah, speaking come of, on, come on, dude. <laughs> regardless, regardless, the point that I'm making is that you have owners come in a variety of styles. You have NFL owners that, if you told me that was an NFL owner, I'd be, like, oh, I, I didn't realize that that's the owner of this team. I've like, I've heard the name, but I couldn't identify them. Sure. You also have owners that are all about the rich guy flex. Jerry Jones is a rich guy flex. He happens to have the most valuable team in the NFL. He loves the spotlight. And Cowboys fans are going to ride with him, and he he just likes mm, be, he likes. No, but being, Jerry Jones played. No, but he's a, was he's a, a super football, football guy. guy. He's who a he's a. I get all that like stuff. This Arkansas fantasy of owning the Cowboys. I and, get all that stuff, yeah. but ultimately, it is a rich guy flex for Jerry Jones. Robert Kraft is in the same boat. It's a rich guy flex. Uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't like you putting Jones in there. He's a disruptor. Jones was a, the original disruptor. Okay, that's fine. You have the families, like you can identify the families. Um, you know, you've, you've got the Rooney, the Maras, the Maras, yeah. you know, sometimes, there, sometimes there's a fail son in the mix <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, helping run the team and, and they have to work past that. The Panthers, unfortunately, and the reason why I keep bringing up Dan Snyder is because outside of the obvious workplace misconduct that ultimately got him out the paint, the way that Dan Snyder conducted his business was very I'm a big football boy cosplaying my, you know, that, that line, yeah, I'm he, very, he wanted to be I'm Jerry very Jones. passionate about yeah, my team. Yeah, yeah. What did Dan? Oh no. The, the Redskins are this dream of mine to run the end. And I love this team. A jewel. It's like the Elmira Looney Tunes thing from the, uh, from tiny tune adventures. I'm going to love it and I'm going to squeeze it and I, you're going to strangle it. That's what you're doing. You're strang- You're strangling the thing. So that's where I get the, the 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 Snyder vibes right down to the Mr. Tepper because again I forgot the name of the book it was by uh I think the 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 art the the author's name was uh Mark Leibovich and he basically embedded he was a he the the, the genesis of the book is that he's a he was a mad New England fan about the Tom Brady suspension and deflate gate and all that stuff so he decided through trying to get in contact with Robert Kraft to embed himself with owners and he went to several owners meetings and stuff like that and the hierarchy with all these rich guys, which is why I brought up the rich guy flex. You're right about Jerry Jones, football guy, but Jerry loves being the shadow commissioner. Yes. Jerry loves making you know that 
I'm the one who made sure that that team went from St. Louis to L.A., okay? I'm the one with Legends Entertainment. I'm double dipping. Not only do I have an NFL team, but I'm making sure that all you guys are using my concessions to do your thing, right? So there's the hierarchy to it. And there was a sequence in there where the author was trying to talk to Dan Snyder and he was talking, he's like, hey, Dan. And Snyder's like, no, 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 no. Mr. Snyder, Mr. Snyder. And I'm thinking like, do you think, do you, don't you, like, it's the same thing. Right. Right down to the, I'm a big football boy. I'm going to cosplay as a football owner. I got my hat on. I got my logo. I'm very passionate about this team. I'm leaving the locker room. Like, like I just coached and I'm, I'm cursing because I'm mad. See, I'm, it's again, the, this idea that, oh man, he's a, he's this asshole, man, you gotta be an asshole to be one of the 32 people who owns an NFL team. You gotta have that dog in you. So the idea that he's an asshole is just, that does nothing to me. Like that, that does nothing to me. It's how you go about being an asshole that tells me more about you. So that's where I see David Tepper. And that's where ultimately I see the problem. And you know, if you wanted to transition this over to the Carolina hurricanes, like Tom Dundon's got that dog in him too. We've seen it. He's a cutthroat dude. But what does Tom Dundon do with the Carolina Hurricanes that David Tepper has refused to do? Hey, I don't know that much about hockey, but Rod Brendamore does so, and Don Waddell does. So let me just ask them. Tom Dundon's <laughs> not out there cosplaying as a hockey guy. You know, he's Tom Dundon. I got money. I like this team. Owning a sports team is part of my rich guy flex. I kind of want to be like Mark Cuban. I'm a disruptor. But what am I not going to do? I'm going to go on there with my little hockey pants. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to show you. I know all about this hockey stuff. No. Hey, Rod, what do you think? (laughs) Right? Don't know what you don't know. Exactly. That's what it all comes down to. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti. Check them out in downtown Cary. They got great bourbon. Tuesdays is break-even night. They got all the games uh, on the weekends, all the playoff games, obviously, going to be there. So go check them out in downtown Cary. All about saving money, and a good way to save money is through your insurance, and that's what Matt Davis in Garner, State Farm can do for you. Check out insuregarner.com. Call them directly at 919-779-8277. Go to theoginsurance.com and Matt's going to save you some money. Hey, this is like a no-brainer, particularly if if you feel like you're overpaying for car, home, auto, any of those things. Pet, man, Bonji. Oh, yeah. I get, I'm worried about that. 14 this year? Like, I, mean, I worry about that with the cats, man. Yeah, when you, you get see, up there in age. But have conversations. That's the best way to start. Give them a call or go online to oginsurance.com. You can also save 15% off your order at homefieldapparel.com. Check out Homefield. They got great throwback, vintage-inspired gear and bomber jackets, T-shirts, hoodies. Hoodies are incredibly I, comfortable. I can't believe we haven't gotten an update Sweat from Hernando. Pants. I'm upset. Did you did you communicate with him who, who purchased this for him? This is a touchy... So the OG media this is purchase? A, this is a touchy subject. My dad and Christmas... It's too hard. No, this was like slam dunk. I thought, no, my dad doesn't do well with gifts that he did not ask for. Oh, he's that kind of person. Okay. And you know what? It actually might give you insight into how I am with gifts. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I don't ask for anything. Correct. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very bad with gifts in the context of like, I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Like if I want something, I'll get it. Right. Appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. My dad's the opposite. What, what could he possibly object to with? I don't know. Like, because he didn't ask for it. I don't know. Look, man, my dad is the person who will buy himself a gift, wrap it up himself, 
and then say it comes from a dead relative. I'm not making this up. This year, he actually topped himself. How? By gifting himself something from the concept of my baby brother. The gift did not come from David. Follow me here. Okay, I'm going to try. The gift did not come from my brother. It came from the Nene, which is Spanish for the baby. Okay. Which was what his nickname was when he was a baby. He was th- th- not Nene, the. Not El Nene. Not El, not El Nino. <laughs> not El Nene. It was the Nene. Okay. So the gift came from the Nene. Not David. Was it mailed to him from my brother? <laughs> it was something that he purchased for himself, put it in a box, wrapped it, and gifted it to him. And Probably then should have done that. And then told my brother, hey, this is what the Nene gifted me. So my dad's on some levels when it comes yeah. to Christmas gift giving. So to your point, maybe, maybe we should have put it in a box. Maybe we get it autographed by like uh, Schnellenberger's gone. Jimmy Johnson. No, no, no. The fact that Schnellenberger's gone. Oh, would have helped. Just, yeah. We're like, ah, this came from the ghost of Howard. And my dad would be like, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that got oddly dark and traumatic. Sometimes my youth traumas come out on this podcast, Joe. Sometimes. I, I mean, so it was, go it was, to, to <laughs> It was a great bomber job. I agree. In Miami. I agree. Thought he would be excited. <laughs> but my dad's weird with gifts, man. It's really weird. So I'm glad that all did of you. Did he get to the goodwill already? Or Well, I did see that one of the breaking t-shirts was in the to be sent off to goodwill. Okay. So I saw, I saw the bad. Um, again, I have not brought this up with him. Hmm. I don't think he's going to listen to the podcast. Right, right. I can't We've wait. established that. My, bro- my brother is absolutely, <laughs> as, of, as of, if you're hearing this, if my brother has heard this, he's absolutely blowing me up on text right now as he's hearing this. But yeah, I saw the bad for rating shirt in a bag that was clearly getting ready to go to. Goodwill. Well, that's fine. We still got the $7. So. Well, that's true. Although I would appreciate it if he just gave it back to me and we could have oh, gifted it. Because it's not like it's not going to fit somebody. Right. Yeah. So we still appreciate him supporting this program. Yes. No, my dad has been, that was the whole point. Yes. My dad has been incredibly helpful (laughs) on a variety of levels. The whole point, but it gets a little weird when it comes to gifts. So anyway, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG 23 to save 15% off your order. I think they're going to appreciate the personal touch that we just put into that. <laughs> Connor and the crew over home, they're like, wow, we've never heard an ad read like that. You know, it was memorable. <laughs> Can't say we aren't. Woo. Costanza. Carolina Hurricanes. Hernando. Hey, remember, remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Carolina Hurricanes, the one thing that they hadn't been doing, winning streaks. Correct. You'd win one, lose one, win two, lose two. They hadn't really been on a streak. Go to overtime, losing the shootout. It's New Year, New Canes, baby. Four-game win streak. They went up to MSG, a place that is a house of horrors for the Carolina Hurricanes, and put the work on the Rangers, which was good to see. Here's Rod Brindamore after the game. Well, you got great players there, and they're kind of getting rewarded, really. I, I don't really see that they've done anything differently. If you watch our games all year, it just... Right now, I mean, that last goal is a great individual effort by Svesh, and 
um, you know, he's getting the puck to go in, and which is great. We need that. And Seabass is just same thing. He's just kind of he's always around the net and making plays. It just lately they've been going in. So um, obviously great to see. You won four in a row. I know you're. I think five points behind the Rangers now. Is something you look at at this point, or it's a little too early to? Yeah, not really. I mean, that's that's a pretty big gap with games in hand and everything. So it's, you know, we we've just got to keep plugging along, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where we are at the end of the year. But we we're we're you know taking a day at a time. Again, that's Rod Brittamore after they beat the Rangers last night. Um, I text Rod, Rod's tell the more boring he is, I the know. happier he is, I man. Know. I know. Like, but you could hear it. You just have to have the right ear for it. Mm-hmm. When he said "spetch," great goal, great finish. And it was like, I'm sorry. Remember earlier in the year, it was like, man, our best players. He yeah. called him out. And yeah. now no, Spetch was hurt coming back. Spetch um, had a weird start to the year. Amazing when the, the player who is the most skilled on your roster, the player who's supposed to be your mm-hmm. top scorer, has now six goals during this four-game winning streak. Huh. 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 And I think and what, that unlocks... Sebastian Aho, who, who's a helper, not a, not a doer. He's a helper. Sebastian Aho and Andrei Shechnikov, I think, have uh, accounted for over 20 points in the last four or five games or whatever it is. They've been absolutely on it. And Aho, I think, again, the first star of the week or whatever it was for the NHL, which that doesn't happen a lot for the Carolina right. Games. I think the last time it had happened was like in 2016 or something like that. Anyway, I texted Luke DeCock last night saying, huh. Was well, it like 60 shots on goal? Weird. He's like, well, you don't have to shoot a lot when they all go in. I go, right. And man, Peter Kochekov's doing a hell of a job scoring for this team, right? I was being, I was being, and Luke, Luke and I have this kind of relationship. I was absolutely being an ass on purpose because I do think that there was an oversimplification for where the Carolina Hurricanes were during this malaise. An oversimplification, Joe. Okay. Has Peter Kochekov been good? Yes. Brendan Moore even credited Kochekov for keeping him in the game early on before they put the hammer down. I got all that stuff. But this is all working in concert. It's not just one thing. The defense was also going through it along with goaltending yeah. that was iffy. And then you mentioned it. Sveshnikov has had a weird start to the year, coming off the injury and everything else and finally getting not just the injury. That was a major knee yes. injury. So now that this all seems to be working in concert, you're seeing the Hurricanes doing what we thought they were going to do at the start of the year. Now, I do think this is where we all can agree. And I agreed with Luke last. I will talk with Luke about it a little bit more on Thursday. It kind of ties into what we talked about with Georgia and the college football playoff and the motivational malaise that happens after you've been here a couple of times. I was curious. The Hurricanes are in a point and have been at a point the last couple of years where the regular season is immaterial. You're not playing for the regular season if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. What are you playing for? Right. Every move you make is not to be great in the regular season. Every move you make is to elevate yourself in the playoffs that has been a stumbling block for them. You work through that malaise. And I think they were going through that in October. They were going through in November. And they seem to have pushed through after being called out multiple times by the coach, by Jordan Stahl, by Sebastian Mm -hmm. Ajo. That things seem to be Working again. Yeah, you, but you can't retcon that they had the worst goaltending in the league. Okay. That, that was a big part of it. But yeah. to, to your point, we could tie this all together. Mm-hmm. Just as Tavo Teravainen brings out the best in Spashanajo. So even when Teravainen's struggling, you're like, okay, but just just stay near. 
fishy. It, this, this, <laughs> he'll, you'll help stick to the rivers and the lakes that somewhat you're used of a, to. Somewhat of a loss leader, right? Yeah. You can't underestimate that Kachekov and Svechnikov, the two Ruskies, mm-hmm. young guys, like what else do they have in their life? You know what I'm saying? It's hard being out there without one, without the other. I think you see Svech come back and all of a sudden could catch a cough as my man Don Waddell <laughs> likes to call him. And you saw him give the hat, the hat trick. Yeah. He gave him the hat. And yeah. I was like, uh, uh, uh. there's something to that. They're having those relationships, having people you're comfortable with mm-hmm. helps bring out, you know what it helps bring out? Confidence, which is the number one thing I thought the, the, the goaltending situation was lacking. And Trip Tracy talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. When, when Kachekov's playing really well, he's confident, he's aggressive, he brings, he comes out, he challenges at the appropriate times. When he stays back, he's in trouble. Yeah. And, and we saw a lot of that this year because you lose that confidence. And so uh, I, I think the pieces are starting to, you know, we, we've talked a lot with Rod Brendamore, we talked a lot with Tom Dunham, we talked a lot with Don Waddell. The Canes just want to look at this thing when all of the pieces are whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I both agree, Kachekov should be the goalie of the he future. Should be, yeah, I he keeps playing this way. You're fine, but I'll, you want to see Freddie come back. Mm-hmm. You want to see him get a clean look at this thing, be healthy, be safe, do all of those things. That's all the Canes have really asked for during this run, and, and they haven't had it. They're going to need again. They have to handle the Freddie Anderson situation very, very carefully. Uh, I know that uh, Adam had talked to Don Waddell before the winter break about hey. You know, when they expect Freddie Anderson to come back and everything else, they're going to need Freddie to come back because if they want to have a crack at this thing whole, the goalie market is insane. Yeah. And, and they're already a cap team and right. it's going to be a challenge the without goalie, moving a major piece. The goalie market is nuts. Every time I see some sort of, you know, 32 thoughts, right? It's like, oh, you know, they Buffalo expects this and they expect, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be more than just a Brett Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> as it was like, last year and the yeah. Hurricanes decided, you know, they, yeah. Last year, they thought Pacioretty and Svetch would be a great combo for them. Pacioretty gets hurt. They don't ever get him. Then Svetch gets hurt. They still made the, the conference finals and really only lost because a goalie went on an all-time heater. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, you don't get to write your own endings. Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, everyone else. You just don't. Us, the OG. You don't get to write your own endings. And you get to that point and you're like, man, if I only had this, this, and this. And it's like, you, sometimes you just have to play the hand that you're dealt. You don't have to deal with the hand that you were dealt with your backyard. If you've got mosquito problems because you just happen to be in an area that, I don't know, like me, you got a, you got a little creek that runs to the back. Um, or a river runs through it. You got a, you got a heavily wooded area. You don't, mm-hmm, wanna, you don't wanna get away from that, but you still wanna keep the mosquitoes at bay. Well, now's the time to start planning about this upcoming summer with mosquito authority and pest authority. That things like misting systems, or if you have issues right now, like Joe did with ants, hit them up. I got, a, I got some mice in my garage too. Did mice end up in your car? No, I had a snake in my car once. Yeah. No mice. I ain't heard of these mice. I had, a, uh, I had a mouse in the basin of our washer <laughs> that I think one of the cats put in there. Yeah, that's right. You have your own. Uh, see, but I don't have any cats. You don't have cats. So I need Mosquito Authority. Pest Authority. It's bugsbite.com. Punch in that zip code. Save yourself all kinds of money. 
Hayes Lancaster and his crew are going to take care of all of your needs. Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovius and Chilio. Uh, Adam was actually at the Duke game last night. He texted me. He's like, are you here? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Uh, in the just, I can tell if people are looking at me from the front to see if it's me. Hmm. When it's people that are sitting behind me, I usually get the, hey, I see your bald spot. I see that you're here. I'm like, appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. So Adam was at the game last night. We got to catch up with Adam and uh, cook up some some ridiculous ideas for Breeze Through in 2024. We did have a listener point out, though, one thing that the Breeze Through does need recognition for is the food truck. And I know oh, Adam yes, is super yes, hype yes. about the food truck, too. And yes, they have a food truck and they are serving up great stuff. So Hang out it's at really breeze no through. stone unturned when it comes to Absolutely Adam. They not. got the breeze through freeze crew over at the arena. They've got great coffee. They've got great snacks. Mm-hmm. They got all the locations, 17 in the state of North Carolina. Not sure what else you would want from your market needs. Speaking of uh, just about everything that you could think of, they've got it at butcher's market. When it comes to the meats, the sides, uh, what you need to grill up said meats and cook up those sides. And sandwiches. I got my steak sandwich yesterday. It was delicious. Very nice. Very nice. So head out over to Butcher's Market. They got locations across the triangle. New location at Lake Boone. And of course, one in Wilmington. We're moving on. We are moving on to Hey Joe questions brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out. It is a Wednesday. They are open. Look at you. It's almost like you have the days of the week clock. Well, I had to think about it because you know how this week is. You know, we, we didn't work Monday. So things are a little, a little wonky. We got a lot of Hey Joe questions during the break about FSU and their lawsuit against the ACC. Actually, I had one of our listeners straight up ask, hey, Emergency podcast. We're back on <laughs> December twenty second. I said, Nah, man. Let's, no, we we don't need to do an emergency podcast. And the reason why I said we didn't need to do an emergency emergency podcast is because this is a story that's going to linger for a while because there's no real quick out on either side because lawyers are involved and there's going to be motions and all sorts of other stuff. But I do feel that we can address some of the things that came out of this lawsuit from Florida state towards the ACC as they are trying to get out of the entire thing. I had to make a lot of notes though, because there's a lot to track here. So if you will indulge, shall we get nerdy? Let's do it. Let's get nerdy on FSU, the ACC, the grant of rights and TV deals in the grand scheme of things. What happened on December 22nd with Florida state finally filing this lawsuit to get out of the ACC is that it's a pretty standard contracts dispute. Okay. Now, if I've if I've learned anything through osmosis with Kelly, is that any lawyer who has ever found themselves in a dispute like this will tell you that a good chunk of it reads like a contracts exam. Like, oh, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Because I talked to somebody in the industry when this was all going on, they're like, yeah, they threw the kitchen sink at the wall. You know, they're just throwing the kitchen sink, right? But it's not so much a kitchen sink just to see if anything sticks. It's more of like, we're going to do our best to trigger something Mm -hmm. with our contract. And typically that something, again, the only thing I've ever learned through osmosis with legal takes when it comes to contracts is any contract can be broken for the right price. It's the old million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. So the bottom line here is, FSU no longer wants to be in the ACC. 
And by doing this, they have now forced the conversation to start a math problem. What's it going to take? How much do you want to drag this out? What are we willing to walk away from and how much it's going to cost us? Remember the math problem. We talked to Bubba Cunningham about this in the summertime. It was the whole point of the granted rights was how much is it going to cost us to get out? And what did we find out on December 22nd from Florida State's Board of Trustees meeting? They told us the number. Yeah. You know, 572. Pretty much. Pretty much. Are they going to pay that 572? No, because they feel that that's a penalty. That's through 36, though. I think the most interesting thing about all this will be yeah. how much of this contract actually comes to the sunlight, which I've argued from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's no way on earth that University of North Carolina and NC State can be in a contract, and that contract is not public record. Well, I find that personally disgusting. And I've said that in every interview that we've done. So I applaud Florida State for bringing this to light because apparently, oh, look at that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a unilateral option for the ACE for ESPN yeah. in 2027. Huh? That was, that was the new information that was interesting that, that 2027 window. Now, quick aside, because a lot was made out of the contract, the grant of rights not being visible. Yes. You, you literally had to go to Charlotte and look at it as it was though, in Greensboro when the, when, when they were, were doing all stuff, right? The school's lawyers literally had to go to Greensboro. My understanding is that all conferences have this. All conferences have this because of FOIA. Right. But and they don't want they don't want what they view as sensitive documents. They won't they don't want what they viewed as sensitive documents to be FOIA'd and then be out there for public they record. Don't because- take public tax money. Then. How about that? <laughs> you don't want that either. You don't want the, the public support. Works both ways, man. My, my under- you want to be Duke? Go be Duke. Got it. Okay. My you under- want to be Wake? Go be Wake. But my understanding is that every school doesn't have a copy of the TV. Uh, Joe, I, I don't the care. If, 10, I don't care SEC, if every school all that. Stuff. I don't care if every school jumps off the bridge, Joe. I ain't jumping off the bridge with them. Now, specific to 2027, thanks to FSU, we doubt we do now know that there's this unilateral right to exercise a nine-year option to extend the TV deal through 2036 Which, because it's always been reported that this deal just runs through 2036. Right. And that's that's important. Now, which that, you, that makes the clock all of a sudden three years. How you view 2027 is an old Jedi from a certain point of view, how you want to look at it, right? Because FSU is using the contract to make their argument that the ACC is bad at business. When you read the complaint, it really does read like a message board. This is all the ways that the ACC has made terrible decisions. When you read the complaint, it almost sounds like you and I doing an entire episode where we're just like, why didn't the ACC do this? And why didn't they think of this? And blah, 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 right? So FSU is using this as an example of the ACC being bad at business. But I this is going to sound crazy, but what if this is exactly what the ACC needs to get out of the contract? Because what have people been screaming about this entire time, including you and I, when it comes to this contract, man, if only the ACC could take their rights to market. If only. Imagine if they could piece together, all right, NBC, you get this. Fox, you get this. All right, Disney, you get this. The the NFL model, the Big Ten, yeah. has clearly like hammered and has been super, super successful with. The ACC's inability to take their rights to market has been the biggest screaming point that everybody's been making. But what if there was a way out? 
and the ACC, FSU, and it's look at how marketable we are in North Carolina. We're super marketable too. What do they have against possibly taking the thing to market as a as a whole, as the ACC working in concert? What do they have against well, that? Well, you just saw the Pac-12. What happened? Is that the fear? Do you really think you're the Pac-12? You think you're well, not for- as marketable as they are? Don't forget the Pac-12 lost UCLA yes. and USC. Because of poor leadership. Because of poor leadership. Okay, well, and, and, isn't and having, that what the ACC is facing with ha- Florida State? And having West Coast brands, too. Sure. That's another matter I, as well. I think you're overestimating what brands that the ACC does have. Perhaps I am. The, the league is flawed in how it is constructed. That has always been the league's biggest problem. Here's the other thing. 2027, do I know that ESPN is even going to be owned by Disney in 2027? I, I think this is a, to your point, a math problem. Yeah. And now this contract allows them to shorten the math problem from 13 years to three. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because I think ESPN looks at this and goes, all right, you have to, and again, let's get back to all of our talking points. Mm-hmm. It's not the ACC. It's not the Big Ten. It's not the SEC. It's ESPN and it's Fox. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you're Florida State and you're sitting here going, your ultimate question is, does the Big Ten want us? Mm-hmm. That we don't know the answer to that. Okay. I think it's safe to say the SEC, which is really ESPN, has no interest in moving you from this um, qua- a silo of their income to this silo of your income. To that point. But okay. there is another silo that I, I think is where this ultimately ends up. I get that. And I think that silo, I think you and I are headed in the, in the right direction. And why I think it's, it's. I don't want to dismiss 2027 and why getting out of the contract might actually be a good thing or sticking with the contract might actually help you out. Do we well, re- well, help and who? ESPN or the ACC? the ACC out too. See, now, now you have to get into what is the actual ACC. Right. But you also have to think about what is college football going to be? Because do we really think, given the direction that we're headed, given that Charlie Baker has even proposed this idea of a super conference or a rich person's conference, like the conference with the schools that have the money and actually want to play football, the whole idea of conferences might be moot by 2028, 2029, 2030. So would you rather just position yourself to be making that next jump because there's going to be schools that get kicked out. That's the next step. Yeah, I got five right here. Schools are going to get kicked out of the SEC. Schools are going to get kicked out of the Big Ten. They're going to get kicked out because at some point, because this is the other thing to look at with this grant of rights. Like if Florida State's successful, what's stopping like Ohio State or Alabama, Georgia, or, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, looking at going, so Indiana, what exactly do you do here? And the SEC- You got to be somebody. Vanderbilt, what do you do here? Well, that somebody could be Florida State. Sure. It's a better brand that you can beat because that's the other thing about this too. Like, can we be real about Florida State, which has basically gone rogue this entire time? If Florida State's six and six this year and not in this conversation about the college football playoff, do you think what happens on December 22nd happens? That they want to leave? Or that they're as bold I, as they are about Yeah, I mean, leaving? I'll give them credit for voicing these complaints before the season started. I, I think getting left out again, the reason they were left out is because Georgia didn't beat out, Al- beat, didn't beat Alabama. You and I recognize <laughs> that, but they are convinced that the reason why they were left out is because the ACC no. is not viewed as a serious football conference. Yeah, that, that's not the reason. 
But the reason why the ACC is not viewed as a serious football conference is because Florida State's been going through the wilderness the last couple of years. Oh, Miami Miami's too. been going through the wilderness yeah. the last couple of years. Clemson's fallen off a little bit. North Carolina, the chosen one, can't get out of their own way, right? Virginia Tech, what the heck have you all been doing? So there's a lot of reasons why the well, ACC let's get to that third viewed. silo, though. That That's where I think this ends, which is that third silo being... I think ESPN looks at it and goes, they get so much pushback from the SEC that the SEC says... No, we're not taking those teams. Right. ESPN then owning those teams basically says, fine. Give us the ninth conference game. Nope. We will put you in the Big 12. The Big 12 right now, next year, is set to have 16 teams. Yeah. I could see as a way of of keeping Florida State as a potential compromise. I Mm -hmm. could see them saying, fine. We'll let you out of the ACC, but we're going to put you in the Big 12. Okay, I can see that. Well, they would put Florida State, Clemson, Virginia State, NC State, Louisville, and then I think the three new schools. I think they would put those eight teams in the Big 12. I think Carolina, Virginia, Miami, and Duke end up in the Big 10. Fits their profile, gives them more people to, to, to beat in football. Helps basketball, obviously. Well, first things first. And then you got five teams. Boston College, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, and the Deeks. First that things have, that do not have a home. First things first. Florida State has to get out of the granite rights. Well, I'm saying there's a I think there's a compromise coming. You said there's a negotiation and that's where, for a math price. That's where it is. But I think if you're ESPN, mm-hmm. you're saying, I get it. Mm-hmm. And rather than paying all of this stuff and rather than risk losing you to the Big Ten and Fox, mm-hmm. I have an alternative. I have a compromise. But here's where the compromise remember, gets come. Florida State wanted to go to the Big 12 back in they, 2013. They did. They did. They did. So let's get, we'll close on the math problem itself. All right. Because that's what ultimately this is about. How much is it going to take to get out of this? How much is the ACC willing to fight this? And to your point about these schools that want to do X, Y, Z, there's more of the schools that would be left out than not. I got five. So... There Depending are, on what you think of Stanford and Cal, I don't care about Stanford and Cal. I don't. I don't care about Stanford and Cal either. <laughs> but there's there are there's only a handful of ACC schools that are desirable for another conference or to make the Big Twelve even better in the eyes of the ACC or the eyes of ESPN. Yeah, there's nine of them. So you're going to be dealing with a good chunk of schools in the ACC that are willing to fight tooth and nail to keep the ACC as is as long as they can. So, oh, the so, other eight. So that's the question. But I don't know if they will fight. That's but that, again, that's if, the if, if you're if I'm going to pay you to go away, that's part of it too. If well, I'm going to pay you to go away, but how much is the money? That's the thing. Again, and that's these, these are the things that we don't know the answer to, right? Because we don't know what the future is. But I can't you see Connecticut, Syracuse, Boston College, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. being in a conference together? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Or they, they might just go back to the Big East. For all I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, can't you see like a Northeast and not being sure. an FBS plus? Hey, I'm going to go win the national championship for the, Look, man, for the FBS. I've been arguing this for a while. The Big East got it right by becoming a boutique basketball league. And that, you know, what do you care about at Syracuse? What do you care about, about, about at Boston College yeah. and those types of places? So I could see that playing out. But there are too many competing interests that it's going to make it easy for the ACC to come up with a singular need to make Florida State go, all right, here's what you get, and then we're out. I, I don't think there's a such. I don't think there is such a thing as the ACC. But when you when you say that kind of collectively, I don't, I, that's fine. I, I don't see it. I will say this though, you know, money will be exchanged. You know, the, yeah. the, like the Florida State fans were like, ah, Florida State figured out a way to break the grand rights. No, they just figured out what the mm-hmm. math problem. No, they no, figured no. out the math problem. No, they figured out the twenty seven thing. 
They you gotta out, give him some credit. I will give him credit for that, but that could easily be picked up by ESPN and nothing changes. That's, but, the, that's the easiest solution, by the way. But the, the thing way. about ESPN, to your point about what these conferences look like, yeah. It, again, look at the composition. This gets back to, hey, by the way, ESPN, uh, it's in our contract that says we can add these three schools that really don't help in yeah. any way, shape, or form your presentation. So I think that ultimately is what's going to cost the ACC is you now have a bunch of small private schools or schools who are in NFL cities that mm-hmm. are Georgia tech and Pittsburgh are two schools that yes, have this unbelievable tradition. Yes. They have some passionate fans, but it's more of like a 20,000 fan base in NFL cities that you, do you know what ESPN doesn't want? Hello. You know, they don't need Hello empty NFL stadiums that college teams play in. Mm-hmm. That's the American athletic conference. Okay. And that might be what it's called. I don't know. I'm just telling you that ESPN will ultimately look at this and go, okay, what is in our best interest? What can we control? Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately the big 12 becomes something as a, a little bit of a compromise we'll because see. the sec, I could see the sec holding hard on this. Oh, I agree. You and There's I are too many know, schools in the SEC who have nothing to gain. You and I by adding Florida State and Clemson. You and I are in agreement when it comes to the SEC. I don't see them budging on Florida State. I don't see them budging on Clemson. I don't either. The Big Ten now maybe the Big if you Ten, can convince Duke and Carolina, but I don't think you can convince Duke and Carolina. The Big Ten makes the most amount of sense given how things are kind of setting up, and you could do pods with the Big Ten. You've sure. got your West Coast contingent, you've got an East Coast contingent, you got a you know Midwest contingent. Big Ten, which is really eighteen teams right now, right? Yeah. You could add more schools and literally break it up into its own you know NFL like yeah. conferences if you wanted to. And they already have all those televisions. And they have all the packages deals and everything, and everything else. else. The Big Twelve, I don't see the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve becomes a landing spot for a pl- like like the NC states of the world. Right. That's okay. what I have in there. But okay. I have Florida State and Clemson. Because keep in mind, the Big 12 doesn't have a monster right now. No. Okay. But here, but that doesn't change anything for Florida State. That, this is why I disagree with the Big 12 aspect of it. Okay. You either go big or you go home. Going to the Big 12, you're just rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, if you will. Sure. There's no big dog in the Big 12. There's no big dog in the ACC. You're supposed to be the big dog. So why are you making this attitude? Well, you can go be the big dog it's, in the in the twelve. I think what it's, changes? I think it's more symbolic than anything else, right? Which gets back to the crux of this: Florida State just wants out, man. Right? You and I have dealt with this, and everybody's dealt with this in, in certain walks of life. Once somebody decides something, they are going to work backwards. <laughs> when I saw John Swafford at the uh, Greensboro yeah. Golf, Sedgefield, yeah, and he, I said, "Oh man." Florida State fans are, are mad at you. They're mad at me. And he's like, eh, they're always mad. They're don't always wor- mad. Don't worry about them. That's the thing. They're <laughs> always mad. I, I remember the conversation we had with Holden Thorpe a while back where he talked about, yeah, you know, John had to go down to Florida State and make him feel special and all this other stuff. And that's what it ultimately is about. So I think to, to wrap this back, Florida State has caused us to go all over the place with thinking about all these things when all they are is a rogue institution that's never happy. They're never happy. And you notice that there's no other schools that are getting on board of what Florida State wants to do. I'm not saying that these other schools aren't interested in what Florida State's doing, because obviously it's going to affect them. They're keeping an eye on it. But if there truly was a magnificent seven and Florida State was leading the charge, it wouldn't just be them. And all we're doing is we're looking at this malcontent, which gets back to the math problem. I sometimes think that we can get caught up in all the, oh, this is going to happen and this school's going to go here. 
It could just be as simple of, you know what, Florida State, man, you're a pain in the ass. Have fun. Go get your Saudi investment fund. Go be independent for a few years. Maybe a conference will pick you up in the long run, and we'll figure out something here with the ACC. Because the college football playoff, expanding to 12, changes the calculus with a lot of this stuff. Because, again, that whole business about the Big 12, all you're really doing is making another version of the ACC right. with no real big dogs in it. And they might get one school, the conference champ, that gets to go to it. How is that any different than the ACC? Honestly, how is that any uh, different? If it had 24 teams, I would imagine it had more than one in the playoff. But <laughs> 24 teams. <laughs> again, that's unsustainable. That's why we, That's when we get, By the time we get to conferences with 24 teams, we're going to have a super conference. Yeah. It's going to be a completely different thing. So anyway, I mean, you're at 16 and 18 and 16 next year. You can and 17 for the ACC. See, I, I, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we got this out of the way because I'm already breaking my New Year's resolution about shorter shows. There you go. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We're going to do it live two o'clock Thursdays from here on out. Every Thursday, two o'clock, we're doing shows live on YouTube. Obviously, the podcast form will come out after that, but join us live on YouTube Thursdays, two o'clock. We'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.